Hi, I'm Louise Heap and this is SEO in 2023. Louise, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? My tip in 2023 is to make SERP optimization a key part of your strategy. This is important as with more features and formats diluting the SERP, click-through rate to standard organic listings is reduced. So to give your site the best chance of driving traffic and visibility, you need to be optimising for the SERP and not just for your keyword set. So how has the SERP changed recently? So not that long ago, um, well, it may actually be longer than I realised, you used to just have the paid listings at the top and the organic listings underneath. And the organic listings were pretty standard, really. Um, The URL and the metadata was all that you really saw. But more recently, um, we've seen the introduction of lots of different types of formats and features appearing. So we've seen everything from um, knowledge graphs, featured snippets, PAAs, FAQ rich results, as well as features like reviews, maps and news being pulled in. And also images and videos being pulled directly into the standard SERP as well. So overall, it's just much more varied um, than it used to be. And this is a trend that Google has been um, introducing and testing in the SERPs um, for a while now. And it's like, to continue into 2023 and beyond. Ultimately, I guess it's their um, move to a more holistic and comprehensive way to answer intent. And you can kind of see this from the MUM update as well, where it's using in-depth world knowledge now to gather additional information and through a mix of formats, so text, images and video and possibly audio soon too. I can remember before there were paid ads on top, it was just 10 blue lines and that's all you had. But but that was a long time ago now. So you say optimise for a constantly changing SERP. How do you do that and stay on top of things? Because obviously, as you say, Google might change the way that the SERP looks. They might uh, bring in new features. Um, How can you try to ensure that um, you give your brand a decent chance of featuring um, in those new features by, I guess, marking up code on site or what are some ways to actually stay on top of things? I guess first it's around identifying what features and formats are appearing in your key SERPs because it really does vary a lot by different industries. Certain tools now um, have got the ability to scrape the SERP and show which features are appearing, particularly sort of the more common features like featured snippets or PAAs. And certain tools will show you who's actually owning those features as well. So that's something that you can do um, within the tools against your keyword set to see which are generating features. Something else that we kind of do though as well um, is is have a look actually manually um, for your head or primary terms, obviously not for the entire keyword set, but for those terms that really matter to your brand, have a look manually what's actually appearing in the SERP because as you say, it changes so regularly. The tools don't necessarily pick up on all the latest features and formats that are appearing. So yeah, having a look and noting down what those features and formats are and then looking at who's owning them and considering why. Generally, it's because Google feels that that particular um, feature or format um, best answers that intent. So, for example, if it's something like a featured snippet that's appearing for one of your um, head terms, look at who's owning that at the moment. What format is what format is the featured snippet in? Is it a paragraph, a list? And then what what other content have they got on that on that page when you click through from the featured snippet that might be reinforcing why they own that particular feature? So if the content on your site is in a paragraph format and the featured snippet for the query that you really want to target is in a list format, consider restructuring your content to match the, the format that Google's showing for that particular query. And that's kind of true of a 
features and formats as well. So if there's lots of video content appearing in one of your key SERPs, reach out to your video team and see if they can produce some video content that could appear on your page. And if there's things like FAQ rich results being pulled through into the SERP, make sure that you're marking up the content on your site with schema and to, to increase the chances of getting FAQs being pulled through from your site as well. So what's the, what's the best initial featured snippet strategy? Is it to look at your target keyword phrases that already have a featured snippet, but by competitors and see what they're doing and then try and do a better job than they're doing? Or is it perhaps looking at keyword phrases that don't have a featured snippet at the moment and actually creating content to try to serve that? I think going after where there are featured snippets appearing first, because we know that Google's seeing those as, as key um, SERPs that we need featured snippets in because they are what's best answering that particular intent. Because if you Although it's good to, once you've done that, to then future-proof your strategy and aim to get features where there's maybe not them appearing at the moment. Like, we don't know for definite if they will start appearing in certain SERPs because which features appear in which SERPs really does vary quite a lot. There's certain SERPs which are, have got really high um, the query might have a really high search volume, but actually there's not really any featured snippets or other types of results appearing in those. It's more the traditional listings. So really sort of looking at which types of SERPs are generating those, fe those features first. But I think like ultimately and going forward as well, it's really thinking about intent and understanding what the audience really wants to see and then trying to sort of maybe get ahead of Google a little bit to future-proof your strategy and think, actually, we think for this particular query from maybe audience data um, that you have in-house, we know that people really want to sort of have this answered in like a video format or something like that and making sure that you're already ready with that format in case Google does decide to, to pull that particular feature in. Yeah, I love the fact that you mentioned intent there as well because I love targeting featured snippets that give a fairly rubbish answer and um, you're fairly confident that the you can do a better job of actually an answering the query that, um, that that people are asking. So what about if you're saying to your clients, yes, you should be trying to appear in more featured snippets. Um, how do you, you justify that financially? What, what's the ROI of getting more featured snippets? Are there, for instance, more click-through rates from the SERP that you can measure as a result of having that? Um, well, I think, that part, like I mentioned at the start, part of the problem is that if even if you rank really well um, for one of your top queries, because of the fact that there's features appearing, more features appearing in the SERP now, that click-through rate to those traditional organic listings has reduced. And we've seen that like from studies from quite a few different types of industries as well. So it's around maximizing that visibility in the SERP. So making sure that, you know, although you might be ranking in fourth or fifth position for a particular keyword, you want to be really making sure that you're trying to aim for getting in those PAA boxes and those um, featured snippet boxes if there are those as well. So is the job of a modern SEO to actually optimize for rankings that may not necessarily result in a click-through, but could be great for the brand. Um, so you've got the brand appearing in a featured snippet and that provides value as well, or are you always looking for the click-through? I mean, ideally, you would like people to click through to the site to be getting that traffic. But I think the reality is, as search has changed and as the SERP has changed so much, there are like no-click searches now as well, where if it's like a really quick 
sort of um, answer to a particular query, it can be answered, you know, with just the, the featured snippet. And Google's obviously recognized that as well, which is why it's serving those. But I think it's important to try where possible um, to, to, as you say, raise the awareness of the brand to show that they do have an authority and they can answer that particular question. So that if somebody has a follow-up question, which maybe does require a bit more of a detailed response, they're still likely to, to click through. That's the, the ultimate aim. And another challenge um, about the modern SERP is um, the amount of personalization, the amount of personalized results that people um, receive as well. So you don't even necessarily know if your brand is appearing to a certain person or not. How do you optimize for the personalized SERP? I think, again, it's about understanding audience intent as, as much as you can. So like I say, if you've got like a research and insights team, really understanding who your audience are, because that can help you understand what SERP they may be seeing and um, to really try and capture them still. It is, like you say, more challenging because what we see when we're looking and, and trying to optimize for our strategy is different to maybe what a potential um, customer is seeing. So really understanding who they are and what they might be seeing and what features they might be showing is more important. And talking about user behaviour, how are you seeing user behaviour change in terms of how they search? Are people searching for longer tail keyword phrases, perhaps even using voice search or, or, or something else? Yeah, I guess voice search is, a, is an interesting one. I know there was quite a lot of studies quite a few years ago now that said that, I can't remember the exact percentage, but so many searches by a certain date would be voice search. I don't think it quite translated as much as they thought it would. But I think going forward, how we search, like you say, is, is much more varied. It's not a simple keyword search anymore. And I think a lot of yeah broader searches are still really valuable as well. And sometimes people are making more of those specific searches. So making sure that we're answering those with really comprehensive content is still really important. So whilst we're saying make sure, you know, SERP optimization is a key part of your strategy, that's not to say like completely disregard keywords as well. It's still important to look at those, but just consider what might be appearing on the SERP alongside trying to just target those keywords. Yeah, I think it also depends on where you happen to be physically, uh, what kind of situation you happen to be in as well. If you're in the car, um, then you're probably more likely to use voice search to find somewhere. I think it also depends on your age and what you've grown up as naturally doing in terms of search behaviour. If you're quite comfortable and, and used to typing in, then if you're sitting in front of a computer or even a tablet, then you're probably likely, I guess, to use your keyboard to actually do, do your searches, at least for a while. But I think the, the younger generation, kids growing up, are probably going to be natively more used to using voice search and probably more likely to use that. Do, do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think how they consume um, media in general is quite different to, to maybe the slightly older generations. So again, we've really seen the rise of video, particular in that particularly in that sort of demographic, the younger demographic, which I think, again, maybe that's what, what Google's recognised and which is why it's sort of consolidating more video searches onto the main SERP as well. That's something that's becoming more prevalent. So, yeah, as you say, with the, the younger generation, if they are using voice search more, that's something that we might see um, on the rise and something that we should be considering factoring into the, the strategy as well. Absolutely. So know your audience and know how your audience are likely to search. So you've shared what SEOs should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? 
So it's not necessarily counterproductive, but I think something that they shouldn't be doing is just relying on keywords and really sort of think more about intent and how you can best answer that and what the best format to answer that um, is. Stop relying on keywords. What are your best sources of discovering audience intent? Do you you actually use software tools for that? Or is this something that you just need to manually go through different keywords and maybe as an individual or as a team actually try to to, to work out what the the intent is behind that, that phrase? I think it's a mix. So I think there's certain insight that you can get from tools. But I think what's also really useful is Um, more of that qualitative um, or audience-led research that you might get from actually like the research or insights team at a particular brand or even customer care teams as well. So if it's um, a brand where people are ringing up and asking questions over the phone, that actually gives you really good primary data that you might not see reflected in search results or it might not be reflected till later on. So kind of using as much resource as possible, like from different channels, to build up a really comprehensive understanding of who the audience is. Like I say, that's really kind of understanding their intent ultimately. And that's what we want to be making sure that we're, we're doing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of talking to customer service teams, talking to sales teams, getting real life phraseology that people actually use. However, a lot of that phraseology doesn't necessarily, according to Google and other keyword research tools, have any keyword volume. Are you a fan for optimizing for zero volume keywords? I'm not sure that I would say that I'm a fan, but I think it is important to have that holistic approach because it might be, like I say, that it's not reflected in tools currently when you look. But if it's something that quite a few customers are inquiring about, it may be that it's not something that, like I say, is just reflected just yet. So it's still worth having that content on. And we've we've had examples of this in the past as well, where we've had an insight come through from something that's been asked to like the customer care team. And actually that particular piece of content did get a decent amount of traffic because it took a while for the number of people searching around that to be actually reflected um, in Google data. So, but I think, you know, ultimately, like I say, we're trying to address audience intent um, with our strategies here. So if we know that that is a, an intent, that's an area of interest for them, really we should be addressing it anyway. Louise Heap is SEO Content Strategy Manager at Sticky Eyes, and you can find her over at stickyeyes.com. Louise, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. 